Dun, 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 dun. Little pig, little pig. Let me in. Well, back at it again, boys. Let your mind peel away the mysteries of the world. That's right. I'm talking deep. Frazzle drip deep. This is Whiskey, Beer, and Conspiracies Podcast. Oh, by the way, my balls is hot. My balls is hot. My balls is hot. Hello and welcome to another episode of Whiskey, Beer, and Conspiracies Podcast. I am one of your hosts, as always, Big Country. On the other end of the mic, your other favorite host for this evening. Shaboy. Shaboy. Um Unfortunately, we don't have Chris with us tonight. Uh, he was going to jump in for a little bit to do this episode with us, but duty calls, he had to go to work, um, so... We're not going to josh him too much for that. He's out there keeping us safe, keeping the public safe during this fucking crazy times, man. Fighting the good fight. Fighting the good fight. Stay safe out there, brother. We love you to all the men and women in blue. Uh, Stay safe. You know, head on a swivel. Watch your back. Keep your six. Watch your six. Watch your six. Um, Dude, I got to tell you, man, before we get into tonight's episode, in preparation for this episode... Uh, the wife and I watched American Murder on Netflix. Mm, okay, uh, okay. It's like one of the one of the top, you know top ten right now, or whatever. Yeah. So it's about this husband. I'm not gonna. I mean, it's a spoiler if I tell you what happens. But he's oh, I know, I know the case. Yeah, he's I know the convicted. Case. So it's like I'm not giving anything away. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a what the case is. What, five years old, six uh, years old. You know what? It's not actually that old. No, uh, two thousand eight. Well, 2020 twenty twenty has been about fourteen <laughs> years long. So, <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, it was actually in two thousand eighteen when he was. Um, I believe he was convicted in two thousand eighteen. Yeah, could have yeah. been earlier than that. Could have been like two thousand nineteen. You know, it's not like they rushed him to trial. Um, but uh, a husband murders his wife, two daughters, and she was pregnant with their third. Um, yeah, all for some tang. Uh, which for, was for a side piece for a side piece that wasn't like it's not like his wife was a four and she was a thirteen. You know what I yeah. mean? Like his yeah. wife was like a seven and this chick was like a seven and a quarter. Yeah, you know what I mean. I think she might <laughs> have had some <laughs> on a good like if you look at the sun yeah. and you kind of squint. And, yeah. Um, I think she had some fake titties. I mean. <laughs> Who knows? I mean, maybe she did some weird mouth stuff, butt stuff. Who yeah. knows? But I mean, first of all, dude, you're cheating on your. It's already bad enough to cheat on your wife, right? You're fucking garbage to cheat on your wife. But then you cheat on your pregnant wife. But then you kill your pregnant wife and your two kids just to continue on with a side piece. Yeah, that's fucking insane. That's and nuts. the details, the details of it are fucking even worse, dude. What kind of? I mean, the the prosecutor, I think said it very easily he said uh okay you you're unfaithful to your wife you're not happy you want out you get a divorce yeah you don't have to kill these people get a divorce jesus christ i mean it's a little bit more paperwork (laughs) but uh. (laughs) right like uh, so my my uh because we'll probably cover this case at some point it's really good it's as as morbid as it sounds it's extremely entertaining 
like yeah. especially that case because there's so much shit going on and for this guy to just be like no is that work how's it work yeah and it's like what the fuck dude your whole family's dead and you're just like no is it work yeah you know? that's the most brutal so, part too is when he's like man i just want them to come home you know if you're out there yeah and i'm like fucking faking the funk dude, with the press and shit yeah, yeah. And, well, uh, and and i wanted i want because i i i think i was familiar with the case but i didn't know too much about it and so i'm watching this documentary and i'm wanting the man not to be the guilty one. Oh, you so, didn't know the outcome before no, I actually oh, didn't okay. I didn't know the outcome and every time I look over it and you know the wife and she's like mm-hmm, mm mm-hmm. <laughs> like okay that doesn't I'm I work with all men like he met yeah. this chick at work I'm not pulling for him he be yeah, a little hopeful I'm like come on don't be a Scott <laughs> Peterson bastard Yeah dude but, uh, yeah that's it's a fucking wild case spoiler uh, alert he did it he did it. That fucking dirty dog. Yeah, he uh, he was convicted for to three life sentences. Yeah, so I, I, like I, I think. Out. Yeah, I think he took a little bit of a. There might have been a little bit of a deal made for him to dodge some shit because there was a big debate over should they add an extra one for the baby and all this other shit. But yeah, well, you got to be careful when they do that because then you confuse a bunch of other people out there. Oh, like, yeah. Well, Wait, how what? far along was the baby? Yeah. Oh, she was giving birth and then he killed her. Oh, it's fine. That's fine. Yeah. No, that doesn't count. That doesn't count. It's not a person. That's 30, not a person. 32 weeks, bro. <laughs> um, well, the, I think the, the craziest part about it, if you watch the documentary, I encourage anybody who listens to this show, especially with tonight's episode being a true crime one, to watch it but the craziest part about i mean the whole fucking thing is nuts but (laughs) he never came off with all the text messages the emails the phone calls as like a violent person no none of the back and forth conversations he was ever like listen here you fucking bitch like i'm tired of your saggy tits and your stretch marks i'm fucking out of here for this hot side piece you slut (laughs) none of that you know what i mean just seemed like a, a normal dude and he seemed like he loved his kids apparently not right and then he just smokes them all and i'm like it, see what? and like because then you start thinking and it sounds weird to say but it's like why why would you if you were gonna kill somebody why would you choose the two your two kids yeah you know what i mean like that doesn't make any sense because you and your wife get into an argument or whatever, and you don't want to be with her anymore. That's one thing, but you, you're still going to love the kids regardless. So yeah, it's, it's, that's super strange. You know what I mean? It's uh what do they call it? A family decimator. Yeah. They wipe out the whole family. Like Dude. he went straight crispin wall. On them. Say, he just, he just flying head bun off the turnbuckle. <laughs> all three of them. Crazy. Uh, what's, what's fascinating about it to me is that um, throughout the whole investigation until he failed the polygraph? Yeah. He was like, no, like this is not what happened. And then it came out that he originally said, I don't want to protect her. Mm-hmm. She killed the kids. And then. Yeah, I yeah. killed her out of rage, and then he eventually confessed to all three. Yeah, he but, claimed that she strangled the kids, and he walked in on her strangling the kids, and that's yeah. what snapped. Yeah, because like I said, there's no justification. No, like you have a motive. You have a motive to kill your wife because you're sleeping with another girl. Like criminally, that's the motive, right? Sure. 
there's no motive to kill the two little girls. Yeah, cute as little little girls too. Yeah, it's fucking terrible, dude. Um, and, and he kept talking about, well, one of them she forgot her medication. I just want her to come home because she needs her medication. And the whole fucking time, mm-hmm. this guy knew where the bodies were. He knew how they died. Yeah, he knew they weren't coming home. It was brutal. I will say though, and and I want to say this correctly because I don't want to sound like that guy. Um, his wife, bit of a bitch. I get it. Um, she definitely came off that way is very controlling again i'm not saying that if you're like a controlling woman you deserve to be scott peterson but what i'm saying (laughs) is that um there was a a building point yeah you know what i mean like there was he was kind of a fucking pushover yeah and uh i guess i just got to a point and um hopefully dude there's people out there that are in that situation it's like Bro, just go masturbate or or, right. or, or join a uh, boxing club or something. Yeah. You know, yeah, dude, fucking take up a hobby that isn't killing your family. Yeah, take up a hobby like knitting or something. That shit is not going to solve your problems, dude. Yeah. That's wild. But that's not just, just get a divorce. <laughs> yeah, so much easier. I mean, <laughs> bud. <laughs> I mean, especially like, it, I mean, if when they find out, you know, the other inmates find out that that dude's a child killer. Yeah. But not not even just a child killer, but a baby killer. Yeah. So I'm yeah. sure he's stretched out right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's no a fucking, <laughs> he's a Muppet somewhere right now. <laughs> There's no evidence of, of black holes except for in his fucking butthole. Um, but tonight's episode, we're actually doing a true crime. So kind of getting back to one of the core categories that we have on the show. And we've had this one planned for a little bit, but we've kind of changed it around scheduling wise. And so tonight we're going to be talking about Charles Edmund Cullen. Nickname yeah. the angel of death. That's an awkward one. Angel. Yeah. The angel. Well, it depends because, you know, you have fallen angels. The Lucifer yeah. was an angel. So true. he's super not cool. So not a nice guy. <laughs> I don't know. Contrary to popular belief uh, that people like to talk about, Lucifer is actually just a light bringer, you know? Anyways, um, <laughs> this motherfucker, uh, just giving you a quick synopsis of what, what he did. So he was active for over 29 years. Or, excuse me. For over 20 years, he had 29 confirmed victims with possibly... 45 i've read up to 70 and then doing research i've heard 400 yeah so the the, some of the some of the reports you can find put it between two to four hundred people and i'm willing to believe at least in the hundreds i'll say i'm I'm willing to believe because we'll go through some of the patterns but there's some things that happen at one of the hospitals where the records were completely decimated yeah so it was hard to prove that some of the people died under his watch or whatever so but um there's a lot of information forgive us because we'll probably miss something sure um but this is one of the most i would say underrated serial killers in the rankings yeah. here <laughs> well so in doing the research it stated that let's just go with the figure of potentially 400 victims okay if that's true that makes him the most prolific serial killer in the world yes as far as like recorded history is concerned yeah he's which, 
he's definitely um, top ranked. Top rank, tip of the top. Yeah, this guy makes pull pot blush. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, boy, this was your suggestion, I believe, um, of the serial killer. And and before we had discussed doing this episode on Charles Cullen, uh, Mr. Cullen, uh, respectively, I um, <laughs> I actually didn't know who he was, and I started you know doing the research for this episode, and I was like, holy Jesus! And I find it so interesting that we kind of picked this episode after just a few weeks ago we did shows on like medical tyranny and you yeah. know everyone wants to trust doctors and nurses exactly. and, not, and we're not saying these people are bad by any means this guy was bad real it's bad like, <laughs> you know well, i was well and i was talking to the wife the other day and we you know we've had discussions about her not going back to work mm-hmm. after she has the baby and i have this like constant like curiosity of you know what i don't want you know declan to go to preschool or a daycare because everyone fucks kids apparently and i'm like <laughs> i don't want to let him out of my sight for a second dude let me let me tell you a quick story before yeah. i forget okay often on the show so so um we were looking for a daycare for all three of the kids and this was i want to say like the beginning of this year, the end of last year, right? And so we were visiting some places and there was one lady who used to watch Dominic. Uh, she had an at-home daycare and she was great. Like Dom was coming home speaking fucking Portuguese and like, <laughs> like you know, uh, it, was, dude, it was fun with she was from Brazil. So she was teach the kids like words in Portuguese. So when, one day it's raining outside and he's telling us it's raining in Portuguese, right? Super sweet lady. Really oh, yeah, nice. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, after, after our daughter was born, we stopped sending him to take care um, there. So then after our baby boy was born, we're trying to find a spot for all three kids. We found one place. It was at home daycare and it was in Lakeside. So we, we go to visit, right? And it was super strange. I don't want to say the name of the place because I don't know how actually it is for kids to be there, you know, but it was super off putting, dude. We walk in, right? And the girl, so they have multiple daycares um between arizona and san diego Mm -hmm. and the guy's wife lives and operates the one that's in arizona and there's like maybe a couple in arizona that she operates out there well the guy operates the one here in lakeside but one of the main girls hold on one sec dude sorry yeah i know my dog was in here (laughs) hey go outside and home Okay. Bowie, quit your <laughs> Bowie's not having it right now. She's not having it. She's over the story. <laughs> Dude, you know what? Ain't nobody breaking in this house anytime soon. <laughs> sorry, go ahead. All right, sorry. So, the husband. So we get there. Yeah, so we get there. The husband lives and operates uh, this daycare at his house. But the main girl that also helps him also lives there at the house with her son who also attends the daycare. 
And they're telling us this. And I'm like, that's fucking really strange. And they have cameras all over the house, which was good and bad for me. Right. Sure. So I know that there's, sure. there's security cameras. I know everything's going to be on tape, but I'm like, this lady lives here with her son who attends a daycare with this guy whose wife lives in Arizona. This shit ain't adding up to me. Right. So she takes us on a little tour and she's like, yeah, they're really cool. You know, she's like, um, basically like they pay me by letting me stay here. And, um, so like I basically, I work and, and for them and then they repay me by allowing me to stay here like rent free and this and that. And I'm like, Hmm, that's weird because was this the Nexum daycare? Dude, so I'm like, there's some sort of payment system going on. Because, like, first of all, why would you tell a customer that? You know what I mean? You shouldn't have told a customer that you lived there with your child. You know what I mean? Like, it was super strange. And there's also something, maybe it was because after I had a daughter. I don't know, dude. But I was like, this guy running a daycare? Like, this... I don't know. I don't feel good about it. So we left. We obliged, right? We weren't mean to them or anything like that. Listen here, kid fucker. I don't think so. How many of them do you have in the basement? (laughs) Yeah. Where's the kids in cages? I want to know now. (laughs) Yeah. So I was like, okay, yeah, that's great. That's great. And then we leave and I'm like, no go. We're not fucking doing this. You know? You know what? You know what that makes you, boy. That makes you a good parent because <laughs> I look at I look at that situation, and there's people out there that were like, "Hmm, yeah, checks out, sweet, yeah, sounds where good." I, where do I send sign? Them send them where in. Do I sign? <laughs> Obviously, that dude's fucking that girl, dude. Also, peddling kids out of there, shipping them back and forth between Arizona and California where the border is. <laughs> right. Yeah. There's a tunnel from here to Arizona like, that they ship the kids through. Well, dude, I thought it was like, cause their interaction was super strange too. Like they had like, they're like, had like little inside jokes and they'd be like, <laughs> like looking at each other and I'm looking at stuff like, what the you're fuck like, is going on? You're like, did you ever notice that like a little kid's butthole is like a sprinkled donut? <laughs> right. <laughs> you're like, right, right. You're like, nope. What? Nope, that's not a funny joke. Dude. Well, yeah, on uh, the the live stream today that we did um, with Stranger Things UK, fucking that guy's a G man. Thanks again for coming on the show. Yeah, we'll that was great, on, dude. We'll have him. I'm sorry, I missed him. Nah, it's you know he had stuff going on. We'll get him on the show again for sure because he enjoys talking to us and he, he was really appreciative and and we thank him for his time. But he said. I've always said, bruv, fucking. <laughs> he did, dude. He's got the greatest voice. Dude, it's phenomenal. He should start a show of him just talking. Yeah. But he's like, anybody that fucking works with kids, man, it's got to be something weird. He's like, not necessarily women, but fucking men, dude. Why are you? And I'm like, fucking, you got a point, dude. You got a point. Dude, I, I, I can't say that I disagree with him. And it's, it's probably shitty on my part to think like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. But is it shitty or is it spider senses? You know what oh, I mean? Dude, there's, there's, I think because, there's something in, in you when you become a parent, you know? Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. When, when you go to school and you have a male teacher, it's like, it's, it's a little different, right? Like, daycare is much more intimate you know what i mean because yeah. the kids yeah. still got diapers changed you know what i mean like that's the part that bugs me the most well, in 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 boy i don't remember if you, if you remember when we were living with you and um bella had shit herself in her diaper <laughs> and it was and i was like i mean you're like my brother and i'm like 
even I was uncomfortable changing her diaper. No, no, no. I, I, her diaper. I agree. I agree a hundred percent, you know, because you know, there's, there's been other friends, kids with the same issues. Baby takes a shit. My parents probably busy doing something. You know, we're getting ready for a party or something. Right. Uh, Hey you guys, baby took a shit. Dude, you got three kids Change the baby's diaper. Mm, yeah right i don't i i don't want to do yeah. <laughs> you know also i don't want to be responsible for not getting the poo out of the hoo-ha which is the worst thing <laughs> it's absolutely the worst thing absolutely the worst thing it's the worst and poo. i mean even when it's your child it's the worst thing yeah. and and because there's been times like it's hard, dude, because, you, you know, obviously dads aren't girls, so they don't know right, the process of, of all that shit, what comes with it, right? There's no instruction manual. Fucking, yeah. It's like buying a, a shitty used car and they're like, hey, when do I change this oil? Fuck if I know. Good yeah. luck, dude. So you're yeah. like, okay, fuck, dude. That's why I, single fathers with girls, fucking respect, dude. Because... There's you have no idea what the fuck's going on, right? So there's been times, yeah. There's been times where you're like, okay, you got to wait for mom on this one because I can't fucking. (laughs) Yeah, we we were making the joke the other night about you know when we or found out we were having a boy, and I said, you know what, I I would have been equally excited if I was having a girl. Um, I'm very excited that I don't have to clean poo out of the hoo-ha. Yeah, for sure. With it being a boy, I'm like, dude, just shit all over your dick, man. We'll just spray that shit yeah. off, and you're good just to go. Just hose it off, dude. Yeah. You, can, you can actually, once you shit on your dick, you can pee on your own dick and clean it off. So. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's a fact, okay? That's fact fine. check that shit, all right? Yeah, were you at independent fact checkers? <laughs> yeah, they'll probably no, flag this as, as partially inaccurate. That's partially yeah, inaccurate. Partially inaccurate. Um, but no, dude, it's definitely, it's definitely weird. Like, I'm not saying I'd never wish I had a daughter cause she's cool as fuck. She's no, I tell this to sure. everybody. She's the funniest person that I know. She's hilarious. No, she's a great um, kid. She's a great kid, but it's just different, you know, caring for a, a girl than it is a boy. And yeah. like, I'm not saying that I wouldn't do anything for her. You know, because obviously you got to keep her clean in order to keep her healthy. Right. But there are times where I'm like, got to call back up on this one. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. So getting you back know. to the episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this we murder. This murder. <laughs> we were talking about how ironic it was that we chose this episode because of the episode we did prior to this a few weeks back about medical tyranny and trusting doctors and they don't always know everything. And, you know, with this nurse who ended up being a serial killer and he did this by overdosing his patients. Now, not to get too far ahead, but I'll give you what happened to him because, again, it's not a spoiler alert. Yeah. On March 2nd of 06, he was sentenced to 18 consecutive life sentences in New Jersey, and he isn't eligible for parole until the year 2403. Damn. So here's the thing. Uh, I find that sentence like so funny. Well, dude, that you know, there's a lot of people, um, especially younger people, because they'll be like, "Why did they sentence that guy to 300 years in prison?" Well, it's you know, that's not the whole. It wasn't like they said, "Listen, we're you get 300 years for that murder." Like that's not how it works. You know what I mean? Each charge carries uh, a mandatory maximum and minimum. You right. Know? So 
you know, maximum, say they say the maximum is a hundred years. So they give you a hundred years, but you have multiple charges that carry that same maximum length. So three charges, 300 years. You know what I mean? So people are like, well, he's never going to survive that. Well, like, yeah, no shit. That's the idea. <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah. it is super comical when you're like, oh, okay, this motherfucker's <laughs> serving fucking 500 years in prison yeah. and he's eligible for parole in 360 years. Like, that doesn't make any fucking sense. You know? Yeah, I know, right? This dude has to die 18 times before he can find parole. <laughs> yeah. Like, he has to wait for, like, Haley's comment to pass a few more times before. <laughs> you know what, dude? He kind of lucked out, though. He dodged 2020. I mean, it's probably still same old shit in there for him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Three square <laughs> meals a day, bud. Three it's square meals a three, day. Three hots at a cot, dude. Three hots a cot. You know, shower privileges. Um, probably a nice, nice boyfriend. Nice. Become here's here's a tip if you have toilet a line. <laughs> yeah. here's a tip if you ever go to prison day one become someone's bitch that makes it a lot easier for your 240 years in there you walk into the yard you find the biggest motherfucker there and you become his bitch yeah <laughs> that's what i've always heard that's yeah. how you survive prison you just walk up to you know big bubba and you're like why you have no boyfriend <laughs> and that's it dude you're set Hey, you got a boyfriend? <laughs> yeah, right. Um, you know, sixty minutes actually did a two-part. Uh, well, it wasn't. It was broken down into two parts. What I had watched, but sixty minutes did an interview with him in the early two uh, thousands. And and listening to the interview and talking to him, it's like he's dead to the world, man. I'm well. I mean, the guys, and it's this is common with everybody knows this with with most serial killers is their childhoods are completely fucked right yeah. and i think that's why people always make the joke when they meet someone that's really fucking awkward you know socially awkward like oh this motherfucker's got some bodies in the freezer you know yeah and it's, and it's because like animalistically we have those senses right we fucking meet someone and you're just kind of put off by them and that's what this guy, like any video clip I've ever seen, same shit, you know? Yeah. And, and there. We'll, we'll get into his childhood and we'll also kind of get into, I think, what, what led him to do what he, what he did. And, and what's crazy about it is in the interview on 60 Minutes, numerous times he was like, yeah, they should have caught me. They oh, probably should have caught me. Honestly, if it was if this was more recent, they would have caught him a lot sooner, I think. And yeah. and I think we'll we'll get into it a little later, but I think that um people he worked with knew what was going on and it was just you know whether they they didn't want to say anything or they didn't want to because because there's a lot of shit coming up you know there's right. like they're they're starting to realize that certain medications they're they're out of stock of you know they're running low on and they know they haven't administered those medications yeah but all of a sudden like that medication's missing and you have patients dying of overdose yeah you know and I also think it it uh, sheds negative light on the medical industry as a whole, because I think a lot of the hospitals, I have five written down here that he for sure worked at. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of them turn the cheek to avoid a major lawsuit in the long run. Oh, absolutely. Well, dude, I mean, you can compare it to all the COVID shit that's going on right now, right? They're out to save their own ass. Yeah. 
And, and that's, that's the bottom line because there's not going to be a hospital administrator. There's going to be hospital employees, whether doctors, nurses, whatever, that come out and say, hey, listen, we're not treating as many COVID patients as they say. We don't have as many COVID deaths as they say. We know that these medications do work, right? Well, it's it, it's sort of similar with this shit. Like, oh, fuck, we've got patients dying. You know that the administration knew that all of a sudden we've got a spike in in deaths. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So they're that when they their official investigation and their actual investigation, I'm pretty sure, you know, took place a lot sooner. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were just trying to smooth shit over because at the end of the day, it's just a money machine, dude. It's not yeah. they don't do they really fucking care that a bunch of people died? Yeah, but not because they want to save lives. It's because they want to save their fucking pocketbooks. Yeah. It, it, it also kind of sheds more negative light on the medical industry of, of how bad, not that long ago that their vetting process was. Oh yeah. He also served a short stint in a medical Institute for mm-hmm. depression and uh, attempted suicide. He checked himself well, and he was, into it. And he was discharged from the military on for the same basis, you know what I mean? Yeah. So for the fact that they were like, yeah, he's good. He's good to fucking treat. Like this guy can't treat himself, dude. And they definitely failed the vetting process. And but I think that things like this have also been good for the medical industry as far as keeping track of their medications and things like that. Because you'll right. you'll see once once the baby comes along. I mean, and you've been in the hospital enough times, like they scan the medication, they scan your wristband, and then they administer the dose. They have to input the dose in the computer and all that shit, right? Yeah. Not saying that people don't work around that and skirt the system sometimes, sure. but there's there are better systems in place to keep track of that shit. Yeah, and, but it, it, it might. I think those things would just make an investigation easier, not necessarily safer for you and me, right? But it would cover all the bases that the hospital needs to cover, and they'd be able to f- figure out quicker who's doing what. Yeah, absolutely, without a doubt. Um, so this sick bastard uh, was born on February twenty second, nineteen sixty. He had seven siblings. He was the eighth. Um, his father died very early on in his life. Um, he was a bus driver. He died and he was only, uh, Charles was only seven months old. Yeah, he was a little guy. So he was raised um, with his brothers and sisters until 1977 by his single mom when she died. And at that time, Colin was about 17, 18. And at the age of, I think it was eight. I didn't write it down, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it was eight. He tried to kill himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was his first attempted. Yeah, first attempted. Uh, nine, age of nine. Age of nine. Okay. Yeah, he he tried to drink a bunch of chemicals from a fucking chemistry set in order to oh, kill himself. Dude, you know what I found was weird though. His his mom and his dad both died in car accidents, like at separate times. And here's another fucked up fact: they work for the Hillary Clinton Foundation. I know, right? What did here? you What did you have on the Clinton Foundation? <laughs> the um, world may never know. So. Uh, I had a really hard time finding out where the original source of this information was because I know for a fact that he didn't remember this. So maybe it was his siblings, but apparently when he was an infant still, his dad had raped him. So obviously you're starting off at a real shitty fucking point in your life. Yeah, not good. Um, 
But yeah, his mom, he was really close with his mom. And from all accounts, what I could find, his mom wasn't a terrible mom. They didn't have a whole lot, but she did her best. And yeah, he, at the age of nine, decided he was going to try and off himself with a bunch of chemicals from a chemistry set. Yeah. And it's like, and at that time, it's it's probably one of these chemical sets, like chemistry sets that yeah, you order yeah. in like like a magazine that your, your yeah, mom would the get catalog. Yeah, yeah. The catalog. What were they right next um, to the, right next to the seahorses? Yeah. The, uh, or the, sea, the monkeys. sea monkeys. The sea monkeys. <laughs> hmm, chemistry set or sea monkeys. Well, I don't think drinking sea monkeys will off me. So I'm going to go with mom. Can I have this chemistry set, please? Chemistry set for 200. <laughs> yeah. Uh, turns out it didn't work. No. Um, his childhood didn't get much better from here. There's even a report that he tried to kill his sister's boyfriend. Yeah. And how did he yeah. attempt to do this? Um, I don't I couldn't find how he attempted to do that. Honestly, there was uh, I know that his I think his sister and his boyfriend his sister and her boyfriend had gotten into an argument and that's what set everything off. Yeah. Um. But he, the thing that I thought was super strange is he's the youngest out of all of them, right? Yeah. So um, I, I don't know which sister it was, you know, because he's one of seven. So it's it, it, it didn't, a whole lot of details on sisters and brothers. No, no. Well, because it's, it's weird, dude. Like when you get into the family, um, they kind of just shut everything down once they found all this shit out. So Smart. there's like not a whole lot of interviews from any of his siblings at all. You know what I right. mean? Or, or, or extended family. And I'm not even sure if his extended family was around because there's no mentions of like a grandmother or grandfather. Cause normally when both of your parents die, right? So the only thing that I can think of, cause there's no mention of him going to like a foster home or anything like that right. is that one of his sisters was old enough to take all of the kids. So I would assume that that was the like the oldest sister's boyfriend is the one that he tried to kill. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I, I there was there was one article that said he tried to stab him. There was another article um, that said he tried to poison him. That's what I read too that he tried to poison him. And so I mean this is. At a time when you know they'd go to your house and apparently this nine-year-old boy tried to kill his sister's boyfriend. Yeah, yeah, and you know it was weird because he tries to poison himself, right? He tries to he did the other attempts on his life. He did um, try different means, but he tries to poison himself. He tries to poison her boyfriend, um, and all of a sudden that's you know his niche. That's how he's gonna. He's going to fucking get back at everybody. Well, he doesn't claim that it's to get back at anybody, but we'll get into his motives and the motives we believe what drove him to fucking kill anywhere between 22 and 400 people. I'm <laughs> <laughs> not laughing at the number, but Jesus Christ, what a, what a, it's a big spread. What a spread that is. What's the over under on that in Vegas? <laughs> Fuck. Good Lord. Who had 400? Yeah. <laughs> Um, so obviously at a very early age Charles is suffering from depression probably suffering yeah. from anxiety and and I feel bad for his mom at this time too because you know raising eight kids on your own at this time 
in the seven late seventies and early eighties. It's not like you could be like, Hey, hey um, boss man, is there any way that I could take time <laughs> off pay to take care of my son who's trying to murder people? Yeah. And he's like, no, get back to work. See? Yeah. Get back to work. <laughs> it's not the twenties, but you know what we're talking about. <laughs> get back to work. See, go serve that man over there and make sure you <laughs> pull your dress up a little bit. sugar, and get some extra tips. <laughs> But um, I'm gonna finish smoking in my office now. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey. the, uh, another sad thing was that so his mom dies, right? They go down there to collect the body, and they're like, "Oh no, we cremated her." And he's like, yeah, "What? How fucked is that?" Yeah, they're just like, "No, no, she's here. You go." And they hand her like a shoebox, like a puma shoebox full of ashes, <laughs> and they drop it on the desk, and there's like a little plume of like. Poof, you know, like when LeBron claps his hands with the baby powder. <laughs> and I was like, but he's like, mom, 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 get back in. Yeah. yeah. He's like, collect the dust, get back in the box, mom. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> I was like, fuck, man. Like this kid's already on edge. And they're like, yeah. no, nah, you can't, you can't have her. She, we cremated her. Sorry. I don't want to get too, too far ahead of ourselves in this episode, but I, 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 I think that that was the, tipping point yeah that yeah he, he started to take a turn for sure and it, what's what's interesting too is i think that that was the tipping point but he bottled it in for so much longer after the fact yeah you know what i mean it's not like he went to go collect his mom's ashes found out that they did this to her and then started killing people you know the next day yeah. it was many years after this because he actually like you had mentioned he did he did join the navy yeah yeah, he signs up for the Navy, becomes a sailor. Um, let's see. When reaches, did he, be- he reaches the rank of petty officer, too. Yeah, third class petty officer. Yeah, which um, is, I mean, we're not saying like he's like a four star general or anything like that, but. That's um, pretty good. He, he drops out of high school yeah. in 78, decides, hey, I'm going to fucking join the Navy. So he joins the Navy. Well, there's seven seas. Yeah, and he was on uh, he was on some sort of crew on the USS Woodrow Wilson, and he was in charge of all the Poseidon missiles. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, got let's fucking Kim Jong Un, and we're like, this red button, whatever yeah. you do, don't push it. And he's like, dude, you know lot. how many times this guy's probably like, hey, dude, hey, let's just launch one. It's yeah. happen. You know what I mean? You know he worked with a guy, and he's probably me? like, do you dare yeah. me? He's got his finger hovering over the button. <laughs> you know, he like sets his coffee mug on it. <laughs> like, dude, dude, dude. <laughs> He's like, yesterday I only drank a half a cup and it didn't push it down. And I'm only going to drink a quarter of a cup and see if three quarters of my yeah. coffee will push see, the button down. See what the spring tension's like, huh? <laughs> Fuck, dude. Like they put this dude, man. And I mean, you have a crazy, but there's a lot of crazy people in the military sure. that you know, sneak in under the radar. Right. Um, but to put that crazy person in charge of Poseidon missiles. Yeah. Like, I think that, uh, uh, and, and obviously not speaking from experience because we didn't join the military, although, you know, I've, my brother served in the Navy for nine years. I think the military at times, lets those people kind of slip in because depending on what role they play yeah fits 
Yeah. Like, oh, oh dude, yeah, this guy's sure. fucking nuts. Let's give him a gun and go have him kill the the sand people, you know, or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Like, you're perfect for this role, yeah. dude. They got guys with OCD who are in charge of fucking building helicopters. You know what I mean? Yeah. Exactly. No, exactly. Right. Like, exactly. So you, you got it's guys. It's not a knock on the military, by the way. Yeah. No, no absolutely not. Like they definitely because there's a fucking billions of jo- of jobs in the military. When you say military, usually people think of you know fighting in a war. There's sure. all kinds of shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, listen, dude, you got a fucking 400 pound guy that wants to join the military. He's your cook. So yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, they, exactly. they figure it out. They figure it out. But during his time in the military is when all of his mental issues kind of started to fucking bubble <clears throat> up to the surface. And that's eventually what gets him kicked out of the military. Um, so his signs start appearing. Right. And he he does have um, a, a suicide attempt that ends up in his discharge in 1984 did it say because i couldn't specifically find if he was dishonorably discharged well so i i couldn't find that either but um i did find one that said it was an administrative discharge and an administrative discharge could be medical apparently for could be medical but it could also be considered a dishonorable discharge right so like hunter biden <laughs> he had an administrative discharge because of his cocaine use right so he uh he was skiing the slopes while he was supposed to be doing fucking military shit and he he gets he was was snorting that cocaine yeah and and, and, and slapping that salmon everywhere you know what i'm saying (laughs) yeah he was uh he was wrestling the snowman as we call it you know that uh, white line, double rule, college ruled paper. Yeah, he was yeah, taken to the face. To some cocaine. He should have just called the Macho Man. Randy <laughs> Savage, showed you a good time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Macho Man, Randy Savage, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Over oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, Mister, uh, I would have elbowed this guy from hell. You know. I don't have you went, a Macho you Man. Went, you went. You went right to fucking Ventura real quick, Jesse yeah. Ventura. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you tell me? Why don't you tell you weren't there? You ever have a 13 some? You ever have a 13 some? Well, you're not a patriot until you do. But uh, so my guess is. I'm you just know, trying to make light of this whole fucking thing. Yeah, it's, it's gross. It's not the grossest thing we've ever fucking talked about on the no. show. But he. Um, so my assumption would be that technically you could qualify his discharge as a dishonorable discharge based on the facts we were given. Um. But it's most likely like a medical discharge just because he had, you know, mental issues. issues, Um, And and, I mean, if that were today, they probably would have tried to say he had some sort of PTSD, but he most likely would have got the help that he needed. You know what I mean? Um, Because, I mean, it's unfortunate. It's kind of off subject, but it's unfortunate, especially when it comes to men, that mental health isn't taken as seriously. Sure. And, there's a negative, uh, there's a negative stigma yeah. to it too. Man up, it, you know, yeah, exactly. You man exactly. up and it's like, man, that's not how it works. You know what I mean? Um, we have feelings too. Speaking <laughs> of manning up, uh, wife and I watched another video or not, not video, another movie on Netflix yesterday called the outpost. Oh, um, I didn't, I didn't, I haven't watched it yet, man. 
based on a true story in Afghanistan, it's fucked. And the yeah. way just, I mean, obviously it's portrayed in a movie, but just the way that it's portrayed, it, you could almost put yourself in that situation. Mm-hmm. And the men that survived that um, attack, I'm not spoiling anything, they get attacked. Um, <laughs> it, I don't know how you could come out of that okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, and uh, It's definitely like the shit that you see. Cause there was a documentary. Fuck. I can't remember the name of it, but it was actually filmed during uh, a deployment and they were in this shithole in Afghanistan and camera was rolling the whole fucking time. You're not allowed to say and, that Afghanistan's a shithole. That's oh, sorry, 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 sorry. Um, <laughs> it was, it was um, out in this, fucking hellhole in the middle of <laughs> Afghanistan. Much better, thank you. Nothing but sand and goats and mountains, dude. And But they were getting, the whole time, this little base that they literally dug into the sand and built themselves was constantly under fucking mortar attack, rocket attack, dude. I want to say Guys, I remember that. Yeah, I, I know you watched it. Um, I know a couple of other people we know watched it. I can't remember the name of it, but they ended up naming that um, outpost after one of the guys that had died. Yeah. And it was one of the guys that was like the most well-liked in the group. You know, he kind of made everybody feel happier. Um, and, and he made light of all the shit they were going through. You know, you know, what's kind of interesting is the way that you're describing that it might be this movie, but in but, movie form. Okay. Like, okay. So yeah, same- possibly. I'll have to, I'll have to, I'll have to take a, take a watch at it and see. But, um, Definitely, this guy. Like I said, if this was today, most likely he would have gotten the the attention he needs um, to take care of his fucking mind and deal Absolutely. with the shit that he never got to deal with as a kid. Yeah. So, and 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 I, and I want to make this this point about Charles too is um, obviously this guy was just from the start destined for disaster, and yeah. he's a, he was a, a victim of his circumstances, and we're not making excuses for that, but he was also a quite intelligent um he wasn't obviously a dumb guy you know he dropped out of high school it was he dropped out of high school the year after his mother died yeah and he joined the navy gained the rank of petty officer obviously he's still battling with demons attempted suicide was discharged you know and then he goes to nursing school and he puts himself through nursing school and he and he graduates it's i don't know if he graduated with a c minus you know on his report card yeah but um by any means he's not like an insane person who's dumb right and i think that there's a fine line that between the two you know uh people who are are geniuses are oftentimes referred to as insane as well yeah yeah you have the like the criminally the criminally insane you know what i mean um and that phrase is basically just to put everything into perspective, like you just described. Yeah. But, uh, from all accounts, yeah. When he was in high school, there's nothing that says he was a shitty student. There's nothing that says he was fucking failing classes or anything like that. So he, he was doing well enough to be on his way to graduate. And like you said, it wasn't until he experienced that trauma of his mother dying and then having to go through not getting her buried properly, not recovering her body and all that shit. It just took a fucking toll on the guy. Yeah. Without a doubt. You know, shitty. But uh, so he gets discharged and he decides, like the country said earlier, to get into medical school, uh, nursing school. So he attends the Mountainside School of Nursing. 
And he <laughs> it's, it's so the, generic. That's the University of Phoenix online Mountain of nursing school. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this guy with a green screen like, <laughs> takes classes online. This is a syringe. Dude, this you was probably insert. yeah. A little DOS syringe <laughs> comes up. It was honestly, it was probably a nursing school that was right next to like a place where they hold classes to get your ticket off of your insurance. You know, <laughs> like for speeding tickets and shit. Um, right. And like a bowling alley. You know what I mean? You got like that uh, lady from like Monsters Inc. Like class has to be over by one thirty because they hold AA meetings there. So <laughs> <laughs> you got to pack shit up quick and get the fuck out. Dude, if he would have just, just stayed. Well, no, I don't want to say that if, if he would have <laughs> stayed for those meetings, he'd have been better off because then we would have had a, you know, a, a Tyler Durgan situation. <laughs> I mean, it's bad enough that she would kill 20 or 400 people, but... Yeah, dude. Yeah, he could have fucking had an army of people who yeah, are just looking for We do not talk about country. Project Mayhem. <laughs> yeah, maybe it was a good call he didn't. Dude. Yeah. But uh, so while he's attending school there, he's also working at St. Barnabas Medical Center in Livingston, New Jersey. And that same year, he finds his wife, um, Adrienne, and they end up having two daughters together. That's another thing that just baffles me about this whole story is that as I'm, as I was doing research and I was reading comments from, you know, articles that people would leave up there and, yeah. and one article that, that I had read and somebody had commented and it really just stuck out with me. And then, you know, opening up the episode tonight with watching the documentary, um, American murder or whatever it was called. I can't even remember now. Um, the comment was like, how can you go to work knowingly off people, go home, be a husband and a father? Yeah. And, and yeah. there's no evidence that I found at least to suggest that he ever harmed his wife in any way or his children. Well, I did. I did find some. I did find some things um, about about him harming his wife, but I did look to see if I can find anything about him harming his kids, and there wasn't anything that I can find. There was no police reports or anything like that because right. uh, eventually he he would end up divorcing his wife. He did, right? Yes, that's correct. Um, and so throughout the divorce process, there were two calls made for domestic disturbance, and during um, the reporting portion of of you know the cops coming out to see what's going on she had reported that he was an alcoholic which is common with people that you know suffered uh the type of trauma that he suffered throughout his life sure. um he was also abusive now it didn't it didn't specifically say he was physically abusive so you know it could have been you know mental and verbal abuse um so i don't want to say that he ever physically hurt his wife because I just, I, I couldn't find anything right. to support that fact. But um, he definitely wasn't a good dude when he was at home. You know what right. I mean? Um, right. Which uh, I mean, I'm not sure. I, I tried to find like maybe his wife's side of the story about how they met, how he treated her. Tinder. Um, you, you know what I mean? <laughs> Until it got to the point where, 
he was fucking drinking nonstop and he was, mm. you know, screaming and yelling at her like Edgar from fucking Men in Black. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Dude, truck's the only thing that does any goddamn work around here. <laughs> Doing a casserole again, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I couldn't find anything like that. So it very well could have just been, like, verbal and mental abuse. Um, sure. But, I, again, I couldn't find anything specifically related to any one of his two daughters um, and him harming harming them in any way so yeah i i couldn't either um, and, and it it's not of out of the realm of possibility that he could have and it just never went reported true um, definitely based on the time period that all this was happening so yeah exactly um i wanted to say this too that with with him you know marrying and having two kids and then going to work and essentially, you know, overdosing people until they died. You're starting to see um, a pattern, I think, that will develop throughout the show tonight that with Charles Cullen, that uh, I think he felt a release. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like by like doing therapeutic. Yeah, 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 mm-hmm. exactly. Like like for us doing the show, and we, we've said this numerous times on the show that, that if, if no one ever listened, it didn't matter to us because at the very least for us, it's therapeutic. Yeah. Just to get with your buddies and talk about different things and topics and it's – you get out of the shit. You get out of the suck. Yeah. And you go home and you, and you, and you be a husband. You be a father. And you decompress, and, and people do it in different ways. I think that was his decompressing. Oh, for sure. Because you know I mean? it, it wasn't like it wasn't like this dude got to the first hospital he was at, and then waited for something to to trigger in him in order to start doing this. It right. was fucking immediately the, the very yeah. first hof, the very first hospital that he worked at was the very first death that occurred at his hands and not only he's like walking into the hospital and he's like okay what time is lunch uh cafeteria and where do you guys keep your overstock uh, <laughs> just in case just in case i don't you know i don't want to because i'm new here i don't want to be like oh where's the fucking uh you know hydrochloric you acid like, and then i, can't I just find gave him too much like the new guy's weird dude like the next some daycare <laughs> Wouldn't it be weird if we just gave your kid too much Benadryl and you just didn't wake right. up? You, you know? just fucking like slept forever. <laughs> like, dude, where where did you hire this guy from? <laughs> you laugh now, but Monday morning you're gonna be like, "Hey Timmy, what's up?" Yeah, hey bud. <laughs> and Timmy's gonna be like, "You want to go to lunch?" You're gonna be like, "Nah, I brought mine today." <laughs> Even if you didn't, <laughs> and then he like he like pulls out a pad and he's like, "Okay." <laughs> Hey, how do you spell your name again? <laughs> um, yeah, that's the third time you didn't laugh at a yeah. joke I told you. <laughs> Check it out, dude. We're at just under an hour. Why don't we take a quick break? Um, only because I got to get a refill and also turn on the fan in here. It's a little toasty. For sure. And we'll take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll get into... The, say we'll get in. We'll get into the worst part of the whole story. Yeah, we'll get. We'll, we'll get into his first murder. murder, and murder and yeah, murder and because after his first murder, the motherfucker starts rocking and rolling. So rocking, we'll get into that rocking and rolling like spumoni yeah. ice cream. Like this, this last part of it will definitely 
go pretty quick because yeah. it's fucking hit after hit. So it's like, bam, 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 bam. yeah, you know what I mean? It's like two minutes in the fourth quarter. We're calling, we're, we're doing no huddle and we're calling audibles at the line, you know, and Jimmy throws two interceptions and they bench him. So yeah, we'll be back. We'll be back. <laughs> and we're back. We're back from break. Grab some refreshments. Hopefully you did too. Um, now before we, we continue with tonight's episode, um, I did want to give a quick shout out to a buddy of mine that uh, requested that I share this on my Facebook. And I said, you know what, dude, let's go a little step further with it. I wanted to make sure that I had mentioned this on the show. So um, <clears throat> a gentleman by the name of Aaron Patton um, recently had passed away um, from tragically a farming accident on October 8th in Wellsville, Kansas. Uh, he left behind his wife, um, three kids, ages four, three and nine months. Um, and uh, Wellsville is a real small town. So they had, they do have a GoFundMe up right now. So, um, you know, we would appreciate it if you, if you could donate anything, if, if, if not, it's, you know, things are what they are right now, but, um, you know, you could imagine what that family is going through and, and, and life's short, man. And, uh, it's crazy, dude. So, uh, we're going to be sharing this, uh, I'll go ahead and share it on my personal Facebook page, but we'll go ahead and share it on the show's Facebook page as well. So, um, yeah, it's terrible, man. So shout out to them and the wife, man. I can only imagine what she's going through right now, especially with the kids, you know, got a nine month old. It's, it's gotta be rough. So, um, so if you can, we would, uh, we'd love you to donate. That'd be great. Um, helping out a good cause, but, um, so back to the episode tonight, uh, we had left off with, um, Charles Cohen, uh, jumping into nursing school at the uh, University of Phoenix online <laughs> in someone's garage. Yeah. And uh, he's so he gets his first job at a hospital doing nursing shit. Right. Which is weird because he probably didn't finish nursing school before he started doing nursing shit. Yeah. So, I couldn't find the definitive um, timeline. Yes. It, it, the time that he went to school and the time he started at this position, there was really no timeline saying this was the day that he started school. This was the day he left school. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, so his first murder takes place on June 11th, 1988. And it was of a judge named John W. Yengo Sr. He was admitted to because he had an allergic reaction to some heart medication. Um, <laughs> By the and, way, that's probably the worst medication you could have a fucking reaction to. Yeah. It's he was so like he had an allergic reaction to like a foot cream. Yeah. He was, it was <laughs> a know? blood thinner. It was a blood thinner meant to help with heart conditions and he had a fucking reaction. So, you know what I mean? So of, of course they're going to admit him to the hospital. Okay. Um, no, I don't mean to interrupt, but this was, at, and this was at St. Barnabas, correct? Yes. So yeah. I think it's an interesting note and I don't you might have mentioned you might have been mentioned coming up to mention this. St. Barnabas is also where his mother went. Oh shit. No, I didn't catch that. Yeah. It might it might have mentioned it and I just overlooked it. Holy so shit. So his first job just so happens to turn out at his first job as a nurse. Yeah, just so happens to be the same hospital where um, they hmm. all that fucked up shit to his mom, which would, yeah. 
again, could it have had something to do with it? I think that's I, I don't think he was looking in the, the you know, the weekly ads that yeah. classifieds and was like St. Barnabas. No, no, that's not it. Warren. Maybe. I don't know. Let's go here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, either St. Barnabas where my mom was ruthlessly just cremated without anyone's consent or McDonald's yeah. or $2. All <laughs> right. Yeah. So he fucking takes this judge out by ODing him with medication. Right. And so most of the time with these ODs, it's not like he's ODing patients with fucking Oxycontin or like narcotics and things like that. It's all medications that are supposed to be helpful with, and a lot of them are, uh, health, uh, uh heart health type yeah. medications. Um, so he ODs the judge. He goes on to OD three more patients at that hospital um, throughout his time there. And at a certain point, someone takes notice like, hey, we're we're missing these medications or, hey, we've had a lot of patients with these concerns die in such a short amount of time. So the administration at the hospital launches an investigation to figure out who's tampering with all of the intravenous bags. Um, and that's when he decides time for me to go. I quit. <laughs> I'm fucking out of here. What should have been a huge red flag to begin with. Right. The new guy just quits after fucking people start dying. Well, I, and if, if I'm not mistaken, so he kills the judge <clears throat> And he's again. We we had mentioned um, that he's kind of smart about what he does, and so the medication that that he's giving these patients is not out of the radar of what you would give these patients with these yeah these symptoms. with those concerns yeah, exactly. So it's not like you know someone comes in with a bee sting and he's like you know what I think you need. Um, some dick pills because it's, you know what I mean? It's not, yeah. he, he's giving them the medication that is specific to their condition, mm-hmm. but he's just overdosing them. Exactly. And, and fucking smart. He was, he's definitely smart about it because it's not smart. like, you know, typically if you're poisoning someone, they're going to be like, what the fuck? This guy has arsenic in his system. Yeah. And he was just coming in for a sinus infection. Like, Why, why would you <laughs> give him hydrochloric acid? I don't get it. Yeah. I don't know. Man. A steady drop, dude. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. The guy so, said he was really cold. I thought this is the best thing to heat him up. I don't know. Yeah. It bubbles. So I figured it was warm. <laughs> um, and they definitely, you know, he definitely kept it smart. And it wasn't until like, <clears throat> they started noticing a pattern of people dying and a shortage of certain medications. Um, but they knew that it was all intravenous because all of these patients had only died once they got hooked up to an IV. So they knew someone was tampering with them. Launched hey, an investigation. That's this dude dipped. Counter forensics, man. No prick marks. Right. No uh, there's already one there. There's already one there. Oh, look, I don't need, I'm, half my job's done. Yeah. Woo. Fucking made it easy, dude. Put it on a tee. (laughs) (laughs) You fucking teed it up for me. Well, I bet you hit it. I'm gonna hit this golf ball over them mountains over there, bud. Yeah, this motherfucker's just moonwalking into patients' fucking rooms. Like hell yeah, Yeah. got another one here. Uh, So he he claims three at that. um, Or no, uh, sorry, not three. Um, He claims eleven at that hospital, Saint Barnabas, at Saint Barnabas. 
Um, now, whether you believe the guy or not, fucking who knows? Because honestly, 11 might be what the administration said they were investigating, but it could quite possibly be more than 11. Sure, um, could be could be less. Could be less. He could just be at the point where, oh, yeah, I, I had, I you know, the narcissistic temperament of serial yeah. killers. Oh, I had 30 at that hospital. Yeah. But uh, you know. so... So the timeline from when this guy starts at St. Barnabas in 88 uh, to the time he quits St. Barnabas in 92, he claims he's killed 11 people by overdosing them. That's like That's one every two wild, months. Dude. It's like one every I, two it, months. It's it's uh it's active as fuck, you know. Because you know, obviously he, he doesn't want to start stacking bodies and then <laughs> right and be like, dude, what the fuck? You got like ten warm ones in one room right now. What's going yeah. on? <laughs> right. You know what? I, I find kind of I don't know why I find this interesting, but all the research doing into this, right? So when they talk about his murders first starting at Saint Barnabas, mm-hmm. they mention the judge. They mention other victims. They just say victims, yeah. including an AIDS patient. How many times yeah, yeah. did you read including an AIDS patient? A, a lot. Uh, a it, lot. There was it, not an article that I read, and it included an AIDS patient. And they said that he gave the AIDS patient too much insulin. Yeah. Um, that was that was the constant. It was always an AIDS patient. And, and I'm I, like, why does it, does it fucking well, my matter? Guess, my guess is that because of the time, Right, because that was the big. That was like that was right. prime AIDS. Right, this was yeah. when AIDS All was like. <laughs> <Lady Yodaga. laughs> yeah, AIDS was on its fucking world tour. It was kicking ass and taking lives. Mm-hmm. Fucking Doctor Fauci was in the center of it all. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, did you um, have to take Freddie? Yeah, you son of a. You took you took Freddie, but not Magic. What are we doing here? Right? Come on, Jesus. Freddie would still be putting out music. Magic yeah. retired, so. He's got, Give me a break. Yeah, Radio Gaga, the part three. Yeah, <laughs> imagine Bohemian Rhapsody, part seven. Oh Jesus. my god! But you oh, took it from man. us. Thanks, thanks a lot. So yeah, so the '92. That's when he quits. He fucking you know it's a wrap here for me. I'm going to take my show on the road. And Wait, um, real, real, real quick, you mentioned uh, during the time. Right, they they wanted to make a point about uh, an AIDS patient. Yeah, I just I just find it odd that like judge, okay, that's a prominent mm-hmm. individual. Yeah, for sure. Fuck everyone in between, AIDS patient. I know, right? I'm like, what? So you got a judge and an AIDS patient. <laughs> you know, it's so like you a walk bad in, joke. You, you walk into yeah, you walk into a bar, and there's a judge, an AIDS patient, and Charles Cullen. <laughs> but it's like. I, I just find it interesting the way that they would, would, would were writing these articles about like who are the victims in between? Yeah, exactly. Someone's was, mother, father, grandmother, grand, you know. Well, and I'm sure if we dug deep enough, but we just don't have the time for that. But I'm sure we can find a list. You know what I mean? Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm also not saying that like AIDS patient lives don't matter. You're not going to find that bumper sticker on my car. <laughs> I'm just saying that, like, you know, we, it would be strange that those were the two out of eleven. Yeah, <laughs> like, like you said, the judge makes sense. Yeah, right. I and mean, it's okay. with AIDS. <laughs> yeah, right. or and uh, it just, we, you know, we did that episode um, <clears throat> two weeks ago about cancel culture. EA. Yeah, Dude, they're just checking a box. 
Yeah, exactly. This article you have to check the box because inclusion matters. Yeah, so, like, like that's the first name. No, this guy, <laughs> he was a plumber. This fucking, who's this yeah, guy? He's a teacher. Eight patient touching. Jackpot. Yeah. Check it. Check that box. So interesting to me. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> So 1992, Cullen starts working at uh, Warren Hospital in Philsburg, New Jersey. And he would go on there to kill at least three elderly women. Um, the weird part about this is uh, allegedly his last victim there. She... My guess is this guy would sneak into the rooms, obviously, when no one else is around or the patient is resting or sleeping, say, hey, I'm going to administer this and this. Well, so one of the elderly women who was allegedly his last victim at that hospital said that um, there was a male nurse. Let me see what she said. A... um, a strange male nurse sneaking in or a sneaky male nurse sneaking in at nighttime. He's doing like that Jim Carrey over exaggerated, like tiptoe creep walk, you know, or the, uh, from, uh, what was that movie? Emperor's new groove. Yeah, yeah. And, and, uh, what was his name? Gronk or Kronk or something like that? Kronk, yeah. He's doing his own theme music. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude, this guy. So, but she tells, she tells the, the hospital staff and she tells her family, there's a sneaky male nurse coming in and injecting things into me at night. And they're like, mm, we doubt it, you know, Imagine or a handlebar mustache. <laughs> yeah. So like, but my guess, uh, okay, now it could be um, one of two things. This, the woman was so elderly and she was already maybe kind of experiencing some dementia and they were like, nah, you're probably seeing things. Or the family was like, dude, we need this life insurance to hit. So (laughs) you're good. You're good, grandma. You know yeah, what I mean? Because right? they were they were just like, no, that's not happening. That's not really happening. Grandma, just who gets the Grand Torino? Okay, yeah. <laughs> can you I sign want. this, Grandma? <laughs> Enough of this guy injecting you. Can you sign this? Yeah. Oh, some guy's injecting you. That's a shame. Yeah. Cool. Anyways, here's the deed to the house. I need you to sign this. <laughs> um, and that's so the, the medication that you right. <laughs> I hope not. Um, <laughs> So the medication that they were using, um, what was it called? It was called Dick. Yeah, exactly. And digoxin. So I was like, okay, let me, let me look up the symptoms of like a toxic overdose. And it's typical, right? You get an irregular, uh, pulse, you get confusion, you get elevated heart rate, um, nausea, diarrhea, vomiting, vision changes, and obviously too much, you die. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, so, and, and real quick about, about digoxin, it's also called at the time it was called, they would nickname it dig, mm-hmm. um, which is a, t- it's a fucking, yeah, we just gave that patient the dig. Like, yeah, is my grandma can you, can okay? Go dig, yeah, go dig room one forty one, please. <laughs> um, so it was sold under the brand name of Lanoxin, L A N O X I N, among others, is a medication that was used to treat various heart conditions, uh, most frequently used in the aerial. Aerial. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, atrial. <laughs> 
fibrillation uh, or you know, heart failure, heart AFib. murmurs, AFib, yeah. um, taken by mouth or by injection. Yeah. And clearly he liked it to inject it. So his fucking guy, um, this is all going on. And at that time, that's when his wife in 93 decides we're done. We're, we're getting fucking divorce. Like I had mentioned, there were police reports of a couple of incidents that showed Colin as an alcoholic. Oh, he was also an animal abuser, common with serial killers. Um, his wife would say that he would put animals inside of bowling bags. Now, there wasn't a whole lot of specifics what would happen with that because there are a, li- a lot of old women that keep cats in small bags or small dogs in small bags and they're probably not serial killers so um the cats are yeah yeah, the cats are definitely serial killers right at home in the bag yeah for sure put me in the uh, bag or get lotion again yeah they didn't they, they didn't I couldn't find any elaboration on if he would like actually physically harm these animals. My guess is he probably did um, because at the time his wife also said that he was acting out weirdly, right? He would think it was funny to fucking squirt lighter fluid into people's drinks when they weren't looking and then watch him take a drink. That might be funny like once, you know what I mean? But you're like, yeah, you're like, dude, we're first of all, we're not going over to Edward's house or over, you know, the, we're not going over to Edmund Cullen's house for a fucking party. Or like, uh, like the alpha beta kappa yeah, party, dude. you know, we're like yeah. at least 11 chicks are going to get raped. So, oh, dude, I, yeah, I get the joke, but Jesus, but hey, the one time is good. Hey, John, check this out. He's going to vomit for hours. It's going to be great. Like, dude, you do this every time. <laughs> Does this motherfucker ever run out of lighter fluid? Jesus Christ. Like people keep like packets of hot sauce in their purse. He just walks around with lighter fluid. Yeah. Just in case. Just in, just in case. Know, you never know, what I need. Never, know. never know when you might need to poison a motherfucker. <laughs> so he, he, and he also makes prank calls to funeral homes. And what, this is you even call, <laughs> dude. This is clearly a callback to like his mommy, his his issues with his mom, um, not getting her body back and stuff like that, right? Because you would think that if that happened to any normal person, you'd be ultra sensitive to that shit, and you'd be like, dude, I'm not. That's fucked. Up. First of all, a normal person doesn't prank call a funeral home. Yeah, you know what I mean. And I, exactly, I don't know what the joke is. Like, hey, hey is this a uh, 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 Johnson and Johnson funeral home? Yeah. <laughs> Hey, that uh, that last body we just dropped off. Turns out he might still have a pulse. Check it. Check it. Check it. <laughs> oh, you buried him. Are you fucking kidding me? Oh my god! Dig that Go shit get up. Go, Go get him. Get him. I'll wait. Go ahead. I'll, I'll wait. Frank <laughs> call like. Yeah. I'm not going to hang up the phone until you confirm that pulse is there. If it's not, just go ahead and bury him again because I don't have time for this shit. He calls, uh, he calls the funeral home. He's like, "Yeah, um, welcome to uh, uh, Johnson's Pizza. Uh, I'll be taking your order tonight. What, uh, what do you What do you happen? This is a funeral home. You fucking called me. I don't know. You called me. You called. Well, no, dude. I uh, I star sixty nine. So you must have called and hung up. So <laughs> anyone remember that shit, dude? Remember star sixty nine? Anyone younger than us doesn't know what star sixty nine. Yeah, they're like just Google it because position. Yeah, <laughs> just Google Star Sixty Nine because uh, and we don't, don't have to have the word Star Sixty Nine. That might be a symbol. Name. That might be like a like a porn star's name. Yeah, yeah. find the We're star like, on your keyboard and then sometimes also called an asterisk. Yes, you can. You okay, it's not a pound 
or uh, what the what the kids are calling hashtags these days. These, these young whippersnappers, <laughs> these little little whippersnappers. Um, yeah, dude. So he's already showing all kinds of fucking <clears throat> issues, and he claims that in 1993 he was ready to hang up his fucking nursing his nursing gown. Right? Yeah. Um, I've killed enough people. Yeah. Well, so he says, you know, I didn't want to do it anymore, but I did it because I had to pay child support. <laughs> I don't, I don't buy the fact that, cause if that was the case, if he really like, dude, you know what? I'm done killing people. I'm just going to go fucking work at the mail room at, you know, some massive corporation or something. Right. He could have done anything. He's like, nah, fuck it. I'll just go back to nursing. <laughs> he, he knows that nursing is going to give him that impulse to fucking OD somebody. But he blamed it on child support, which I don't I'm I'm not personally buying. Um, So in March of 93, he begins stalking one of his coworkers. And this is when you kind of start to realize just how unhinged he is, because most of the part, all of the shit he was doing was kind of kept secret. Right. It was shit he was doing. In private with these patients, he's but now sneaky, he's a sneaky nurse, man. He's a yeah, he's a sneaky male nurse, you know. Um, don't Google that either, because you'll probably come <laughs> up with some shit. <laughs> but uh, he 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 starts kind of acting out publicly uh, against this girl that he's stalking. He he breaks into her house while her and her son are sleeping. He doesn't do anything to him. He ends up leaving, and they're still asleep. Um, he ends up following her while they're at work. He ends up following her around town. And she ends up calling the police and reporting it. And he ends up getting arrested for trespassing and puts him on, they put him on a year probation. Now this guy fucking dodges a bullet, right? He's already killed at this point, what we know of at least 14 people. Right. Right. And he's saying, yeah, I got arrested for trespassing and given a year probation. Right. So dodging a bullet. You got to imagine he's in this interrogation room and there's like the good cop, bad cop, you know, like corny movies. And this guy walks in. He's like, you know what you're here for? And he's going to snap. He's going to be like, for fucking murdering everybody, the judge, those other 10 people. (laughs) Yeah. These old ladies. And they're like, you were in the house, weren't you? And he's like, oh, shit, that's what I'm here for. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was there. Yep. That was me. I was in the house like a motherfucker. <laughs> I mean, you'd be in fucking jail for the rest of your life, but these district attorneys only want to give you a year's probation. Yeah. I'm watching you. Yeah. And you're a nurse. You know, you help the community. We're going to give you a break. You're like, yeah. oh, fuck. Thanks, Judge. Like, <laughs> I killed one of you. What was that? Nothing. <laughs> yeah, nothing. Uh, so he, he gets put on leave. Um, for mental issues from his job at the hospital. Um, and then he tries to kill himself two more times before the end of the year. He tried to kill himself the day after. The day after. And then um, in December of that year, he tried again. Not very good. Um, yeah, it, so, committing suicide. <laughs> you know you're bad at life when you fail at that. Yeah. It's ironic to say that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the day after he was arrested... Um, he so he pleaded guilty to the trespassing, received one year probation. The day after his arrest, he attempted suicide. Uh, attempted suicide is is I don't want to say it's funny because I have like a house full of guns, <laughs> <laughs> but 
but it's just like I feel like you're not ready to do that, and I and I and I wish that nobody would ever do that. Yeah, yeah. You, unless you're like I don't know, get some help, Osama bin Laden or something. Fuck you, then. Yeah. Um, he worked for the CIA, but anyways, <laughs> um, you know, like I don't wish anybody to do that, but I feel like he wasn't ready because he knows how to kill people. Exactly. He knew what it needed. He knew what it would take in order for him to die. He I, just wasn't willing to. I feel like it, he, I feel like it was a cry for help. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely it was. Because, like I said, he he knew what it would take for him to kill himself. And the motherfucker just keeps taking jobs at hospitals, dude. <laughs> so, um, what, were you, uh, what were you before this, Mister Charles? <laughs> Mister Charles? Uh, yeah, so I was a nurse at Saint Barnabas. Um, left there, <laughs> killed uh, it there, but I had to leave. Back, killed it there, bought <laughs> the dick. Uh, moved on to Warren Hospital, killing it there as well. Not as great much. coffee. I didn't do as much uh, of killing it there, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, I decided to move on. Um, I had a run in with the law. Nothing crazy. Nothing uh, crazy. <laughs> I was uh, slapping the ham in this lady's house that I thought was in love with me. Uh, <laughs> it's more of a crime of passion. <laughs> I, took a little high I love too much. I love too much. <laughs> I love too much, and and you know, convict me of that. I'm a lover, not a not yeah, a. Not I'm a, a lover, not a hater. Sorry, uh, I love too hard, too much. I've been uh, you know doing a little hiatus for a bit, and I'm thinking I'm ready to you know get back <laughs> into get back into the world, start helping people die again. <laughs> yeah. What was that? What was that last part? Can you help, repeat that help, last part? Helping people live and love. Okay. okay. All right. I guess that's you said die. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Right. How ironic hey. would that be if I was a killer yeah. nurse? Right. Get this guy his nursing badge. Let's get him going. Yeah. Fucking can, great idea. Can you start tomorrow? Wow. <laughs> well, that's a for itself. Right. You know, that guy went home and was like, dude, we killed it. We just hired this fucking guy. <laughs> He's great. He's been a nurse forever. Yeah. Well, look what you did. Dude, imagine that looking at this dude's resume. High school dropout. Nice. Uh, discharged from the Navy. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, left two hospitals and arrested on probation, attempted suicide. Uh, when can you start? When can you start? <laughs> yeah. Let's get you sized up. Who's that? HR. Terrible. It's Fucking terrible. Uh, Fucking Toby is who that is. <laughs> My goodness, no wonder it's like at least dude. Jesus Fucking terrible. So this dude, like I said, dude, he he just keeps it keeps it trucking at hospitals. He ends up going to Warren Hospital December '93, uh, or leaving Warren Hospital December '93. Ends up at Hunter Medical Center in Rarity Township, New Jersey. Um, he. It, it doesn't say what month. It just says earlier that year. Um, right, right. And 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 he works in the. This was the fucked up part. He works in the intensive care unit in this hospital, which is the cardiac unit, the intensive care and cardiac unit. He loves these heart patients because he knows what medications he can get away with. Um, hey, where where do you guys keep your dig? Yeah. Yeah, let me get some extra. You guys might want to order some more of that because we're going to use it. It's going to be used. (laughs) And uh, he works there for three years. He says during his first two years, he claims he didn't murder anyone. I don't don't buy that. But 
this is also <laughs> interesting. Yeah. It's also interesting because that hospital's records were all destroyed. Um, so in nine 11, yeah, they were in the tower. Um, the hospital hospital's records for that time period had already been destroyed. So my guess is that a certain time period passes, right? They hold on records for, I don't know, fucking 20 years. And then they ditch certain records. Right. right? We're, we're not talking about, you know, multiple terabytes of, of cause it wasn't storage. And yeah, they, th- those, when they, when they went back to get those records, it was 2003, right? So we're talking about a time in the early 90s. They had probably transferred as much as they could onto computers by that time and destroyed everything else. So when 2003 comes along, that shit isn't there. So like we said, he's not stupid. So if they say, well, the records only go back to, you know, and he's right. claiming, oh, yeah, well, I didn't kill anybody before that anyway. So we're good. You know, he's not a, he's not a, a maroon. He's a, he's a pretty smart guy. Um, that, so that lady again, my, yeah. <laughs> so he admits, he admits to killing five patients in the first nine months of 1996. Once more, Colin was administered overdoses of digoxin and, and that's his, his fucking bread and butter, right? Fucking Michael Myers uses a, a knife, Fucking Jason uses a knife. Like it's got his niche. This motherfucker uses, uses his claws and dreams. Yeah, exactly. And uh Colin uses his digoxin. Um so this guy, he was still going through nursing, he's still going through schooling um throughout his career, and he ends up becoming a licensed nurse in, in Pennsylvania in nineteen ninety four. He ends up working at Morris Memorial Hospital in New Jersey. Yep. He's fired there in August of 97 for poor performance, probably killing too many people <laughs> is my guess. Charles, we got to let you go. But yeah. why? Cause, cause you killed six people. You've, you've, killed, <laughs> you've killed too many patients. This is a bad, this is a PR nightmare. <laughs> we can't have that dude. We can't uh, have that. We can, um, here's what numerous hospitals th- throughout the research. And I'm not making this up. <clears throat> had said about when they let him go. They basically said, we can fire you, which would negatively reflect us, Mm -hmm. or you can leave. Yeah. Even after these, like, they, I don't want to say that they knew exactly what was going on, Yeah, but I I would imagine that a lot of his coworkers had an idea. Mm -hmm. And and we'll get to that later, because some of his coworkers were kind of helped. Yeah. With apprehending him. But numerous hospitals that he was let go from, St. Barnabas, Warren, and uh, Hunterton. Yeah. Well, like, we could fire you or you could go, and and then his exit review was, like, neutral. Yeah. I I think they knew, um, and they were just trying to keep their records clean as far as – We don't want people to know we had a murdering nurse on our hands. You know what I mean? Um. So he gets fired. He's out of work for some time. Uh, he falls behind in child support payments. You know, that old song and dance. Um, 97, 1997, Colin appears in Warren Hospital's emergency room, and he sought treatment for depression. I don't know how many times this guy's sought treatment for depression, right? Um, clearly, the treatment that he needed wasn't the treatment that he received. Right. Um 
Jesus. Your kids are pissed, dude. Yeah. I think Zeke's getting a bath. He doesn't like his hair washed. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So uh, he goes in. He was admitted to the psychiatric facility, but he left on his own. Uh, and, and nothing ever improved with his, with his mental state. How do you do that? Um, how does the fucking Joker just walk out of a cycle? Yeah, he just fucking leaves. And uh, today, uh, you know what? I'm good. As a matter of fact, I'm out. Oh, yeah. right. have a good day. So this is okay. it's 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 sad, but it's it's kind of fucking it's kind of funny. Uh, neighbors said that they would they would you could constantly hear him like in the middle of the night chasing cats down the street and talking to himself uh making faces at people that he thought uh like when when, like if you're if you're walking down the street and you're and i think you're looking like at a sign and not at me and i just like make a funny face at you and then you look at me like what the fuck are you doing and oh oh shit you like stare off into the distance you know (laughs) like that's the type of shit he would do to people like what's that out there and you're like like, yeah the fu- oh, what the fuck? Oh, was that in me? You know, fucking, it's yeah, super weird. Uh, medical care because I know a good hospital you can go to. Where yeah. Tell you. <laughs> um. So ninety eight, the guy gets hired by Liberty Nursing and Rehabilitation Center in Allington, Pennsylvania, or Allentown. Sorry, Allentown, Pennsylvania. Um, and he worked for uh, he worked in the ward where they have patients on ventilators. Oh, so COVID patients. Yeah, he just missed his fucking timing, dude. God, you you would have had it, man. Um, you would have so, had people dropping dead, bud. <laughs> yeah. So he he's obviously in some financial strains. He ends up filing for bankruptcy, all that, whatever. Um, and he he ends up getting fired from Liberty because like people start seeing him coming in and out of patients' rooms. And with syringes in his hands and like, they, <laughs> like people know, you know what I mean? Other Bill Gates, man, just walking. Like, so people are, people know like that motherfucker, like this patient wasn't up for any medication. You know what I mean? So people are starting to figure out and, and they know also that there was no injections made. We, we've talked about earlier. There's no fucking syringe pricks you know, cause there's already one there. So they start to realize, okay, this motherfucker's walking in with medication. He's walking out with empty syringes. What the fuck's really going on? Um, so they start accusing him basically of giving, of administering drugs off schedule and it kind of starts right. adding up. So yeah, what he was fired for. Yeah. So they're like, dude, get the fuck out of here. Um, then he works at Elston hospital in Pennsylvania. Real quick, before you go to Elston, um, there was a report that was done, uh, when he worked at Allentown, Pennsylvania, the, um, Liberty nursing and rehabilitation center. Mm -hmm. He left, there was an encounter that he left a patient with a broken arm, but because he'd never injected them, there's no criminal injections. <laughs> They're like, oh, yeah, you're good to go. You're good. Go on. Snap the dude's <laughs> arm. Yeah. Snap the fucking guy's arm. And, well, the, and, and my guess is that dude was probably trying to fight him off. Like, dude, what are you doing? Yeah. You know what I mean? Broke dude's arm. Fucking. And they're like, so weird. You know Hang up your coat, bud. You're out of here. Yeah. But for what? Nah, don't worry about it. It's cool. Don't worry about it. You're good, dude. 
just get out. I won't put that on your resume. It's cool. Yeah. (laughs) So he goes to, he goes to Elston in uh, Pennsylvania because he became a registered nurse in Pennsylvania. Easton. Easton. Uh, Easton. Sorry. Easton. Um, And uh, he ends up killing another person there. With the dig. With the dig. Um, And, and there was nothing like there was an investigation, but nothing, they couldn't prove that he did it basically. So, um, they just kept it rolling and he continued to find work nationwide as a fucking like, cause there was a certain point in time where, where nurses were hard to come by. So it was easy for him to just pop up at a hospital and be like, I'm here to kill. I mean, work, you know, <laughs> yeah. who'd you guys take administered well, yeah. patient scared for. Yeah. I have an outstanding it, record. Check the resume. Yeah. Um, there was another one that he, he ended up taking a job at a hospital. I forget the name of the hospital, but it was in the burn is in the burn ward. Yeah. Uh, it was at Allentown's Lehigh Valley. Yeah. And the only reason and, I, this is going to sound stupid, but the only reason I know that it's Lehigh Valley is because Lehigh Valley is the Philadelphia Flyers minor league team. It's called the Lehigh Valley. Oh, so, okay. Cool. Um, <laughs> Little little fucking knowledge drop there. Um, and while he was there at that hospital, he murdered one patient and attempted to murder another one. So my guess is they survived the dose. Um, <laughs> fucking, he probably ran out. Like my guess is he had a certain amount and he used that syringe on two different patients, but had a less amount for the second one, and they didn't quite kill him. You know what I mean? Spit um, on Yeah. Wiped it off on his shirt. Yeah. Um, then he ends up uh, voluntary, voluntarily resigning from there in 1999. Uh, and then he goes to another hospital at St. Luke's Hospital in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. He works there in the cardiac unit too. Same old fucking song and dance. This guy. Um, he this he he stays there, murders five more patients, and attempted to murder two more. Takes off. Um, January two thousand. Cullen attempted suicide again. He put a charcoal grill. <laughs> he put a charcoal grill in his bathtub. Lit it and hope that the, com- <laughs> the carbon monoxide poison would kill him. But oh my god! I'm instead, sorry. this motherfucker the- is not trying. Dude, a charcoal grill? Come on! You, you didn't even pull a car into the garage or or fucking hose in the tailpipe, like. Dude, he's like, how can I kill myself? I've got it. Get Char- the Weber. <laughs> yeah. So he fucking <laughs> machine. Maybe I'll go back and I can reverse all fix everything. All I need to do is activate the charcoal. Imagine so, the officer on scene for that. Well, that, so, so that's the thing. He lights it. Obviously, he doesn't die. The neighbors <laughs> end up smelling the smoke, and they fucking call the cops, and they show up, and they're, man, you know, I just. I needed to get a shower in, but I haven't eaten also, so. <laughs> and I just wanted to end it all. Yeah. Let me get this straight, Mr. Colin. You decided to take your life by taking your charcoal grill, putting it in your hot tub, lighting yeah. it, and then hoping the fumes would overcome you and you would essentially pass out and die. That's yeah. correct. Wow. Idiot. <laughs> I have a nine millimeter on my hip right now, and we can get this done in less than half a second. <laughs> well dude here's the crazy part right so the cops show up 
they ask him what's going on. They take him to the psych ward. Motherfucker's out the next day <laughs> and goes back to work. This is why goes, this is why I have l- such little faith dude, in the goes med- back to work, dude. And when he, here's where sir, shit starts getting messy, right? Cuz he was doing he was he was keeping a pretty clean, you know, streak going here. I think and, I think at this point he's like why haven't I been fucking caught? Yeah. Yeah. He's like, or or he thinks he can't be caught, and he's like, dude, doesn't matter what I do. I really lit my Weber to kill myself. I go to like what I get out. I get another job. That's how good I exactly. Exactly. I'm just gonna go back to work when you guys fucking pull me out of the psych hospital anyway. So fuck it. So no one, no one suspected anybody for killing patients, especially Colin at St. Luke's Hospital. But it wasn't until a coworker started finding these vials of drugs and waste bins and shit like that. And it like something raises an alarm when you start to find vials of drugs and waste bins at a hospital that aren't used by recreational drug users. Right. So they're not stealing things that people get high on. Um, and they're not things that people would bring into the hospital from outside because this isn't shit you can just buy from over the counter. Right. Um, so they started an investigation and it shows that Cullen had taken the medication and he's in, he ends up getting fired and walked out of the building 2002. Um, you have anything after that? You want to go off a of big country? Um, so seven of his coworkers at uh, St. Luke's Bethlehem, ironic, uh, <laughs> found the empty vials. Basically turned it into their superiors. Investigation took place, uh, and they kind of they they never looked into his past, which is again, as we admit, killer or very troubling. Stupid. Um, the case was dropped nine months later due to a lack of evidence. Holy fuck! What more do you need? <laughs> Jesus Christ! Lucky uh, dodge one again. In September of '02, guy survives 9/11. Cohen working in the critical care unit at Somerset Medical Center in uh, Somerville, New Jersey. And at this time, he found a girl on Tinder, uh, started dating her. But unfortunately, his depression overcame him even more. He killed at least 13 patients and attempted to kill at least one more by the mid 2003s. Which fuck, man! I was a junior. I was in junior high at that time. Yeah, I was. I was uh, getting ready to graduate high school. That a girl uh, <laughs> using his classic digoxin, digoxin, insulin, and epinephrine. By the way, epinephrine, good shit. Um, <laughs> I, so, I'm positive that you can overdose on anything. Yeah, but yeah, you can overdose on on water. Yeah. Yeah, called the uh, cryptoquana monolite. Epinephrine is 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 essentially a uh, steroid, yeah, if you will, to reverse a uh, anaphylactic shock mm-hmm. reaction. I know this because I have an epipen. Um, I have two of them. I, I never had to use one before, thankfully. Um, that's also uh, most of our listeners don't know. That's my that's my rap name. Um, <laughs> my little, little happy pen. No, I, that's my side. That's my sidekick. I'm I'm little <laughs> so My 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 sidekick is a little epipen. 
But um, on June 18th of 03, so after everything we've been through, <clears throat> he tries to murder a patient at Somerset, <clears throat> Philip Gregory, who was later discharged and then he died six months later of natural causes now. Mm. One could assume, <clears throat> yeah, you could say natural causes, but was it you know, initiated by the attempted murder on his by Mr. Colin. Yeah. So soon after that, uh, Somerset began to notice Colin's wrongdoing. The hospital's computer system showed that Colin was accessing records of patients to which he was not assigned. Coworkers began seeing Colin in and out of patient rooms who he was not assigned. The hospital's computerized drug dispensing cabinets showed that Colin was requesting medications that patients had not been prescribed. The requests were strange. Obviously, red flags are going up. They were immediately canceled. Now we're because now we're getting into he can't more technologically resort. advanced. Exactly, he can't resort to just stealing a vial off a cabinet and then exactly those because everything is becoming more computerized, like you had mentioned. Um, so in July of two thousand three, uh, the executive director of the New Jersey Poison Information and Education System warned Somerset officials that at least four suspicious overdoses indicated the possibility that an employee was killing patients. The hospital did not contact authorities until October. <laughs> August, September, October. Colin, in that time, had killed at least, at least five more patients and yeah. attempted to kill a sixth. A patient died in October of 03. Uh, of low blood sugar. Now, the hospital alerted New Jersey State Police. The patient, uh, this patient, doesn't give his name or her name, the patient uh, was Colin's final victim. Uh, no investigation into his employment history. I'm sorry. An investigation into his employment history revealed that past suspicions about his involvement in patient deaths. Somerset fired Colin on October 31st on fucking Halloween. <laughs> Creepy. Of 03. Yeah. For, and this is what the report says, ostensibly lying on his job application. <laughs> you didn't fucking check. You know? They didn't, there was like no background. It's so weird, dude. You're like, where did you go to school? Uh, John Hopkins. Oh, all right. So that's a good, that's a really good school. Good for you, man. Sweet. Yeah. Graduated top of my class. So, top of my class. Yeah. <laughs> um, so after this, um, a fellow nurse, Amy Lorraine, alerted the police after becoming alerted, uh, alarmed about Colin's records uh, of accessing drugs and links to patient deaths. Of course, after this investigation had already started, police kept him under surveillance for several weeks until they had finished their investigation. Investigators assigned Lauren to visit Colin after work hours and talk with him while wearing a wire. Oh, dun, dun, dun. Busted. They were able, through this, to produce enough evidence for probable cause of arrest. So December 12th uh, of 03, he was arrested and charged with one count of murder and one count of attempted murder. Yeah, one count. Now, obviously, we know that he killed more than that. That was his yeah. arrest. 
So the homicide detectives, uh, names of Dan Baldwin, no relation to the Baldwin twins, and Tim and Braun that had uh, murdered Florian Gale and attempted to murder Jin Quan Han, both patients at Somerset. Colin told the detectives that he had murdered as many as 40 patients over his 16-year career. We had said it was 20. Yeah, early on because you know we had mentioned in, earlier in the episodes that who knows fucking how long this guy was killing for when his ex, when the exact patient was you know exactly especially when we have you know hospitals that were destroying records because of the technological advance thanks Bill Gates fucking asshole yeah. <laughs> uh, in April of '04, Colin pleaded guilty in New Jersey court to killing 13 patients and attempting to kill two others by lethal injections while employed at Somerset. As part of his plea agreement, Colin promised to cooperate with authorities if they did not seek the death penalty for his crime. What's kind of interesting is that, uh, you know, the, the episode or leading up to this episode when the wife and I had watched that um, video on Netflix, that documentary. Yeah. About the American murder. Colorado and the, the murder took place in Colorado. Mm-hmm. He didn't take the death penalty because he pleaded guilty. Yeah. So I found it. Uh, maybe the laws are different in New Jersey, but said I'll cooperate with you as long as you don't plead the death penalty. I'm like, motherfucker, yeah. you tried 18 times to take your life. Exactly. They can do it. Like this is what you want. Man, <laughs> they can get it done. Yeah. Fucking yeah. weirdo, dude. They won't even swap. Like, don't even ask them to swap your arm. Before they yeah. inject you, which I yeah. I was just the, the most ironic thing. Yeah, they clean they clean everything. Yeah, like surgically the, clean. You am like, why? Your dad did, anyways. Um, so he worked with the authorities, obviously. Um, and he eventually, throughout the court proceedings that we had mentioned earlier in the episode. Um, he was convicted of 18 consecutive life sentences in New Jersey and will not reach parole until the year of 2403. Yeah. He done. Well, what we don't know is exactly how many patients. We don't. Um, an exact number. I mean, he could say, yeah, I killed up to 40. It could be half that number it could be double that number it could be even more you know as we had mentioned it could be 200 it could be four yeah you don't I definitely know. think it was a lot more more than uh way more than 20 but less than 400 because i mean dude this guy's career spanned from the 80s all the way until 2003 there's plenty of fucking time for him to rack up bodies and there was a legal precedent because of this because yeah it changed the game. It, it did, and, and up until this point, a lot of states did not in, uh, give investigators the legal authority. I'm doing finger quotes here <laughs> to discover where a worker had previously been employed. Yeah, and that was kind of how he slipped through all these cracks. And so we know he worked at at least five hospitals. Could have been more. Yeah, fucking, we don't know. We don't even know how many victims he had. Could he could have worked at ten hospitals? You know what I mean? He could have, as far as I'm concerned, he could have worked at three more hospitals and figured out how he was going to do it. Yeah, for sure. Because 
as we had mentioned in, in my original thought to this guy, that his original trigger to why he decided to start killing people was his mother. And mm. he, bottled, he bottled that up through the Navy enough to get through nursing school. And then he goes to work at the hospital where his, you know, mother had been, you know, disrespectfully, you know, cremated. Cremated, yeah. Who's to say, and I'm just spitballing here, but who's to say that he didn't work at other hospitals before that? Because I... Exactly. Well, there was was a stint that he had in the Navy where he went and worked on one of the medical floors. He grabbed some scrubs, put them on, and that was one of the things that led to him uh, getting sent to psych ward while he was in the Navy. Yeah. And so it's very possible this guy pulled some fucking crazy shit dressed up as a doctor, went into certain facilities and did what he did. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Without a doubt. Um, anything else, boy, before we rack up? That's pretty oh. much it, man. Um, Angel of Death. Not many people know about uh, Colin, but he's definitely like one of the most <clears throat> underrated fucking serial killers of our time. It's pretty recent. You know what I mean? Considering recent. So. Underrated, underappreciated, <laughs> I think. And it's going to make you think twice before you go to the hospital for the yeah. little sniffles. Keep your keep your eye on them sneaky male nurses. <laughs> <Da-da. Da-da. laughs> yeah, now when I go to the hospital, if I don't know, I go, for, I mean, I'm going to go for the baby, but any relation to Charles Cullen? You know, yeah. you, know, you know who that is? Can I see your last name? What's your last name? <laughs> Can you see your resume, please? Yeah. Oh, shit. You worked at St. Barnabas. Cool. I know a guy that went, uh, went there as well. Yeah, so that's um, Charles Edmund Cullen, the angel of death. Um, bad dude. Yeah, shitty person. Bad dude, shitty person. Don't be that guy. Listen, if you're one of seven siblings <laughs> and your dad allegedly rapes you, and your dad dies it when you're seven months old and you try to kill yourself with a chemistry threat and you attempt to murder a sister's boyfriend and then your mother dies and you drop out of high school. Um, come on the show. We'd love to talk to you. <laughs> talk you off that clip. Yeah. You know, it's a rough go, man. Let's just, but just don't. Yeah. <clears throat> We've got some, you know, we could talk about a lot of things that would, 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 I think, you know, help in that situation. We, just, we can go into Jimmy Savile. We could talk about mud flood. We could talk about, you know, <laughs> you know inks Everything. and pens and, and things that you're into. Yeah, whatever, man. It's wild. You know, I in watching that uh, Netflix show, Mindhunter, which is the uh, introductory to the FBI's behavioral analysis unit, when they started mm-hmm. looking at the psychological aspect of serial killers. And uh, I think it was uh, Ed Camp mother. Yeah, fuck. Who had mentioned to the FBI uh, when he was asked how many people like you are out there at any one time. And this is, you know, I would say, I can't, don't, don't call me on this, but early to mid 80s when this started. Yeah. 
and they didn't have the, the the type of technology that we did back then and it was cops on the beat looking for a you know a creep a punk yeah uh, yeah not the 1920s but <laughs> looking for these people and 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 they didn't know and his reply was like at any one time there's like 30 of us yeah like for sure and that was I mean, then. yeah there's probably more for sure yeah it's creepy. You could be walking down the street and you could be walking by a complete fucking psychopath that has someone locked up in their basement or in the trunk of their car and you'd never fucking know it. Yeah. That's so fucking scary, dude. <laughs> it's creepy. I think what makes this episode so unique and, and, and this case so unique is that as society develops, we we typically put our trust in positions of authority. Um Teachers, doctors, nurses, police officers, firefighters, military personnel, people that we hide, you know, we hold to a higher standard. And this guy fully took advantage of that. Yeah, for sure. And it's it's an eerie thought, man. Just knowing that you're you're at a hospital and you're good. Mm-hmm. And someone comes in, oh, I came to get you your medicine and... That's it. Yeah. Yep. It's wild. And the hospital's like, oh, natural causes. Oh, shit. COVID. Got him again. Yeah. <laughs> so that's it. That's it for this episode of True Crime. Charles Edmund Cullen, the angel of death. I've been Big Country, one of your hosts, you and on the other end of the mic. To get up now. Boy. And we'll talk. I want all of you to get up out of this ass. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. You ain't saying this hoe. You ain't saying this hoe. Donald Trump, Putin, and shit. I'm a human being. God damn it. My life has value. My balls are hot. My balls are hot. My balls are hot. My balls are hot.